to the Bean Ninjas podcast, where you get an all-access pass to see what happens behind the closed doors of a fast-growing global bookkeeping and financial reporting business. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Bean Ninjas podcast. And on today's show, we have Chris Silvestri joining us. Welcome, Chris. Hi, Meryl. Thanks for having me. Great to have you on the show. We were chatting before we started recording about the fact that we feel like we kind of know each other, but we haven't actually met in person yet. So Chris, do you want to talk a little bit about your background and and actually the connection that we have as well? Yeah. So um, my background uh, is as I was a software engineer for the past 10 years in a full-time job in Italy. And last day I decided, uh, last year, I decided that I completely want to change my everything, my background, my life. So I basically moved to the UK from Italy and left my full-time job. And now I'm a copywriter and conversion optimizer for websites. So I, I help people make more money with websites. And me and you, actually, this is the first time that we chat, which is pretty unique, but I guess it's the online environment. And... Basically, you offered with Bin Ninjas, you offered free tickets to a conference. Uh, it's called the DC Austin in last April. And I was a member of this newsletter. Uh, I saw this form where people who feel, filled it out uh, could, could had the chance to win one of the tickets. I guess it was two tickets. And so I decided to fill it out and uh, see what happened. And I won one of the tickets. and. They invited me to the conference, so you actually weren't there, so we didn't meet, but we, we had an exchange of emails, and I met a few people who know you, who are in your mastermind together, and yeah, so I, I've, I've been continuously hearing about you, and yeah, it's been great fun and the start of a great adventure. And so where were you at in your transition from being a full-time employee to working in conversion optimization when you went to the conference? In Austin, yeah. So when I went to the conference, I started. Uh, I had started my business for just three months. I opened like everything in the UK. It was pretty fresh. So and I, I actually had a few clients already because I've been doing it on the side uh, for almost two years. So it's always been a lot of evenings and weekends working. Because I wanted to make it work, you know. So I put everything that I had in it, and I had a two, three clients, mostly on Upwork. So, and that's one was one of the the main things that I wanted to change. I wanted to get off of Upwork and start working with better and higher paying clients, also more serious clients, because of, of some of the Upwork clients are not really like really good ones <laughs> so, so so yeah i had two or three clients but i wanted to to get more of it and yeah make it more more like a serious established business it was just a side thing still when i went to the conference and i think it's really interesting hearing different people's transition stories from when they had a full-time job and then what that transition looked like into starting their business. So before we get into more of the details of that story, I want to dig into what was it 
that made you decide to to take that leap of faith? So you, you were working in software development, you'd been in a role or working as a software developer for, for 10 years. And mm-hmm. what was it that was the trigger for you to, or the catalyst to make a change? Yeah, so it, it was actually um, an outsider perspective that helped me. I was talking with a few people online from different courses that I joined. And this was my friend, uh, actually a Canadian guy that I actually never met. <laughs> and he, I mean, seeing my situation from the outside, he knew that I had saved enough money to almost live for one year without working. And he just said one day, he said, man, you, you should just pick a date. And if you're sick of this, just decide to leave and make the transition. And that's what I did. I mean, I was talking with him and I decided, you know what, let's pick a date and I'm going to get my, I'm going to give my notice that the same day. So <laughs> that's how it happened. It actually took an outsider perspective and a lot of years of just doing the same thing over and over again before deciding. And you mentioned that you had saved up almost a year's worth of living costs. Yeah. And had had you done that intentionally or were you just good at managing your personal finances and that had happened? How, how did you get to that place where you had that amount of savings? Yeah, I guess I'm, uh, it's a mix of both. I'm actually pretty good at saving. I don't, I don't really like, I don't really enjoy wasting money on status and clothes and you, you stuff that to me is kind of useless. I mostly spend money on courses to learn in the past two, three years. And uh, and on my band, I also played in a band and a lot of money went into that. I probably had double the money <laughs> if I didn't spend it with the band. <laughs> but I guess in Italy, but mainly all over the world now if you have a band it's it's like that you just have to spend money <laughs> so yeah yeah it's a mix of both you, you need to be rigid and uh, and you have to have a goal actually because if you if you don't have that vision and that mo- motivation to to save it kind of gets harder when i'm talking about some of the or the tips that i have in making that transition from being a full-time employee to having your own business or being a freelancer, that's actually one of the first tips I have is cutting back expenses when you are an employee so you can build up that savings buffer, which actually gives you the freedom to yeah. build a business. And, and it also gives you options around things like choosing not to take difficult clients or not to work with difficult clients if you're running yeah. if you're starting out with a service business and it gives yeah. you some runway if you're trying to build products or create software. So it sounds like you you definitely did that part right. So Yeah, yeah exactly. So I mean, even, even if I was working on Upwork, as I mentioned, I was able to not start at, at bottom low prices and just keep my rate that like uh, that a bit higher than, than the starting freelancers. So I, so I was comfortable and I could... I could take just the jobs that I, that I felt good at the moment. And so when you first got started on Upwork, you, you mentioned that you do conversion optimization, but then mm-hmm. you trained as a software, was it a software engineer or software developer? And they may be quite similar. I think you said, did you say? Yeah, it, it was software engineer, but in a totally different field that most people think. 
So it, when you hear software engineer, think about developer or websites and stuff, but it, it was actually uh, um, industrial automation. So I was programming these huge robot machines that assembled plastic components for the biomedical industry. <laughs> and so it was a, like a really radical transition into the, the online yeah. market. Because, because I was interested when you were deciding what skill to sell on Upwork, so when you were building your freelancing profile. Mm-hmm. And so, so that was a question that I had was yeah. why did you choose version optimization? But now that you've talked about that's quite a unique skill set and maybe people on Upwork aren't looking for someone to do that kind of work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I actually, before uh, deciding on copywriting and conversion optimization, I had tried a few things as I guess most people uh, approaching the online environment do. I, I tried writing blogs, like SEO blogs, and also I had a few VAs writing for me, but that actually didn't pan out. So I also tried an Amazon FBA business along with my brother. We sold a product made in China to the US, <laughs> but that, that's didn't, that didn't pan out because we realized that the upfront investment was too high and we, we had full-time jobs and the time was not enough. So uh, the thing that made me choose copywriting was actually that um, looking at a few courses and material online, I, I saw that copywriting was a really good skill to have, in the, in like uh, depending on, on what you did. Like for every kind of freelancer online, copywriting was a good skill to have. And it was actually paid pretty well. And you didn't have to write a thousand or two thousand words blog posts for that. So I started. I started studying on the side every weekend. I followed courses, blogs, and I started liking, really getting passionate about the psychology behind it and understanding people, their emotions, and motivations. So, so I picked. I picked copywriting to start, and that diverged into conversion optimization too, which is a mix of copywriting, uh, user experience, design. Yeah, so that's the word, my transition. And how did you get your very first copywriting job? Uh, I had no portfolio on Upwork, so I just applied to a few jobs. I found this uh, American company who needed a copy for their websites. So since I had no portfolio, I decided to just write a few lines of the of their homepage and send them uh, so they 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 actually liked what I did and they decided to start the project and that's how it began and then it built from there so the next time that you were looking for another job then you had something in your portfolio because you'd done a job for that previous business and yeah. did it yeah. build from there yeah exactly i started i started collecting bits and pieces of my portfolio and making it better and better and asking for testimonials. Even if, even though I had just two testimonials, I had put them on my website and yeah, so I guess every, every bit counts. And then, and then I also thought about my background in technology. So if I wanted to get better clients, I could mix that with a, working for software companies. So I decided to niche down and specialize in copywriting for software companies. 
And when you were building this skill set, so it, it sounds like you've, you've built this skill from scratch. So when you were saying, so you, you did courses, so there were some online courses, and how yeah. else did you practice and educate yourself and improve your skills? It seems like yeah. quite a, a challenge to, to learn, a, yeah. learn a whole new skill. Yeah, especially because I, I've, I'm Italian, but I, I never actually wrote, I never actually written for an Italian client. I only write in English, and all my clients basically are from the US, UK, Australia, all around Europe. So, yeah, it's just, uh, I don't know, <laughs> being passionate about it, being almost obsessed, <laughs> and spending weekends practicing and taking notes. And just trying. I mean, I, I was kind of scared, and there's that fear of, uh, you know, the imposter syndrome when you start out and you don't actually know much. But I decided to just give it a shot because I had nothing to lose, and then I wanted to make my situation better. So I just went with it and tried and tried. And so, what did your life look like for those first three or four months where you'd left your full time role? You were mm-hmm. on Upwork and you were building a business. What did your day-to-day life look like? Where were you living and what kind of things were you doing? How much were you working? Were you doing other mm-hmm. things outside of work? What, what did that transition period look like? Yeah, so the transition was uh, was kind of busy because I also moved to the UK. So I had to make like, uh, prepare everything, get the, the, the basic uh, financial and bureaucratic things going the uk so i almost spent the first the first month first two months just looking for a for some clients like probably two three hours a day and the rest of the day it was just bureaucratic things and yeah making sure that i had a stable position to just start head down and work but yeah, the first two, three months, I actually was working a bit for two clients that I, that I already had. And the rest was not much work, actually. <laughs> it was kind of a vacation slash uh, boring bureaucratic <laughs> situation. Yeah. And so what does your business look like now? Uh, right now, actually, after DC Austin, the conference that you sponsored, it, it kind of shift gears uh, again. <laughs> and I had like a, another boost, actually, because at the conference, I met uh, Queen Zeta, which is actually the manager of this agency called Zeta Labs, who helps um, a website make more money, actually. <laughs> so... And with design and conversion optimization, copywriting. And I met her at this meetup that they had at DC Austin, and I showed them they, they, they were critiquing websites and tearing down websites. And I joined, I joined the meetup because I wanted to maximize everything at the conference. You know, I was an Italian guy, moved to the UK with no contacts, no network. <laughs> so... I saw the, the opportunity to establish new relationships. So, uh, and, and even though I even though I didn't have like an e-commerce business or anything, a website that I could show them, I had my my portfolio website. I decided to show them uh, a project that I was working on for a client, and they they looked at it and they saw like I was pretty good at uh, 
optimizing, copywriting. So we started talking from there and that's how I ended up working with them. So now it's almost, uh, I would say 90% I work with the team at Zeta Labs and the rest is my clients. So yeah, so now I've, I've been learning a lot of stuff with them and it's been great. So yeah, I'm really thankful for, for what I got into after this year, Austin, and how it turned out things. And it, it actually sounds like a great idea if you're trying to build a particular skill set and become really advanced in a particular area to go and work with the best and almost uh, be met or be, be mentored by, by someone like that. And so it sounds like mm-hmm. when you were first building your copywriting skills, you did a lot of courses and practice and then finding it finding yourself a mentor to go and work with and get feedback and critique and learn actually sounds like a brilliant way to do that. And I know with my background in, in accounting, that's how you learn accounting is to do some training, but then a lot of uh-huh. it is about working in a, in a firm and getting regular feedback from someone that's further along in their career than yeah. you. And then all of those in accounting, it's called review points, but they're all really learning points. So every time you get that feedback, you learn, you don't make that mistake again, and that's how you really quickly improve. And is that is that a bit like the, the situation at, at Zeta Labs? Do you feel like you've learned a lot in, in that role? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they, they, they introduced me uh, slowly, and like gradually at first, and doing a few, uh, few wireframes, audits. Uh, but the thing is that with every new project that comes, they they were really open and taught me a lot of stuff also sharing their process their procedures and so i i also i i think you have to be also proactive and not and not only um get what what they teach you but you also have, have to ask a lot of questions and uh, and also put some extra effort into complementing everything that you get so another thing that i still do is as soon as i find some a new skill that i have to learn i actually say just take one or two weeks and uh, additionally like additional to to the project i'm working on i take uh, i don't know probably one hour two each day and just go through another course or a book and just inject that knowledge into my veins, almost like like in the Matrix. And so <laughs> I, I, I think it's a constant constant upgrade that you you have to do if you want to stay and keep keep the pace. And so, what would be an example of a skill like that? We've and how do you decide what that skill is that you're going to learn for that period of a couple of weeks? Mm-hmm. Actually, I I lately I've been following the advice the queen's advice because i trust her mentorship and her experience and uh, but i also see the projects we work on and the needs that we that of, of those projects and what we have to cover so if i see that there's a gap and maybe there's there's nobody doing it or we, we could do it better i i just look for information on that and start learning it for example I've been learning a lot of uh, analytics, um, analyzing data, 
lately and creating reports on that to improve websites. So that's been kind of my focus now. But yeah, it's mostly filling gaps and understanding what what we could do better and improve, always improve. I think you made a really important point there about the way that you continue to educate yourself. And that is, I think it's important to do that to stay relevant because things are moving so quickly, especially in the online space. And so if you only, if you're not continuously learning and reinventing yourself, then you might not be left behind in six months. But in a couple of years, if you haven't continued to learn, then you'll definitely be left behind where the, the leaders of the market are at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so what's totally next agree. for you? So what's next on the horizon in terms of skills that you want to learn? But where do you see yourself in a couple of years' time? What are you working towards? Uh, so lately I've been, I've been contemplating if I just want to do copywriting or conversion optimization or both, I think it's going to be, I'm going to focus more on conversion optimization in general because I like copywriting and what's behind it. But I found out that I'm not really passionate about the act of writing itself. I'm probably more passionate about um, helping people convey their message. But you can do that with design, with user experience, and a lot of different things. And I think my my main skill set is that of uh, seeing the bigger picture, putting together all the data, and provide suggestions, recommendations, and yeah, putting it all together basically. So I will probably uh, decide in the next few months and see if I have to change the whole, my, my old business or, but since I've been working a lot with Zeta Labs so far, I think it's going to be a natural transition and uh, I'm going to work with them and be part of the team. So yeah, my own clients, I have a few clients still, and I still want to keep working with a few of them. But it's going to be mostly working with the team, I think. And for our, some of our listeners will be pretty clear on the difference between copywriting and conversion optimization, but some may not. Mm-hmm. So if you were describing in a bit more detail how you actually approach conversion optimization. So if, if a client came to you at, at Data Labs and they said, okay, I need some help. Can you yeah. improve my conversions? How would you mm-hmm. actually approach that? So what, what would you do and what kind of what work or what, what would the yeah. outcomes look like? Yeah, so copywriting is actually mainly uh, working on the messaging of the website. So doing the research and uh, actually writing the text that you see on the website. While conversion optimization is a mix of user experience, so how users interact with the website and how they engage with it, and understanding how to make it better. So you have more conversion, more sales. And it's also a mix of design concepts. And and copywriting too, so that's that's why I like it. It's a mix of everything, and it's also a mix of data. And actually, data is where everything starts. You have some qualitative data and quantitative data. So you look at websites, analytics, uh, 
their traffic data, their how they interact with the pages, where where do they enter a certain page, where do they exit, and yeah, you basically analyze the whole funnel from from where a customers where a customers start engaging with the company to the last point where they buy actually, and and how you can keep them engaged and keep them into into the into your business basically. So the, the first thing, yeah, go ahead. You keep going. Uh, okay. So and the first thing that I do usually we do a lot of uh, research. We do user testing, which is a great thing to understand, have an outsider perspective on how users use your website. So you have these people on people basically going through your website and recording screencast videos of them using your website and going through a few tasks that you give them. And after you see, you can watch their videos and see how they interact with the page, what they think, because they actually tell you what they think while they record. And that's pretty useful because you get a lot of insights on how to improve certain elements, where to move buttons or how to improve copy. And then you have uh, other kinds of features research like we interview customers and ask them about their pain points their objections their motivations so the, the first thing for the first thing for conversion optimization is actually a lot of lot of research we actually do four months three four months of research before starting uh, before actually implementing in a project and from there, you just implement everything. After that, is deciding on your observations and acting on them. So designing, prepare the new copy, and uh, I create wireframes, which is which are basic uh, mockups of a website of how we could be better. So that's my main occupation now. And yeah, I. I we provide uh, wireframes to clients so they could just give them to a designer too. And if we don't implement, so they have the guidance and the, the recommendations to move forward and improve. Yeah. Wonderful. And back to the topic of that transition from being an employee to starting a business or being mm-hmm. a, a freelancer. So how is that part of your life looking now in terms of having more of that freedom? Are you traveling a little bit? Do you schedule your days differently? And, mm-hmm. and how are you finding that? Yeah, the, the biggest re- realization that I got when, when I went full-time freelancing was actually when I got the chance of booking my flight to DC Austin, the conference that you sponsored, because... If I if I still would have been in my old full time job, there there was no way that I could just book the flight when I realized that I won the ticket and just go. So this was like the biggest realization that I had that I could just take, embrace every opportunity that I got, and just go with it. That was that was great, and and this year too, I tried to maximize my my time to explore a lot. I've been, I've been to Thailand for a month uh, in October, also because we had another conference there. 
but yeah, it's every chance that I that I get, I just book a flight and take at least one week or ten days to just explore. <laughs> it's been pretty fun. Yeah, sounds sounds like you're making the most of it. Do you have yeah. any other tips for someone else that is wanting to transition from being a full time employee into freelancing? Anything else that you learned along the way, or anything that you might do differently next time? Yeah, I think even even if you don't spend a lot of money on courses, and even if you, especially if you don't have a, a, com, a community of like minded people near you. I mean, I was living in a small town of like 20,000 people in Italy and I had to do 30, 40 minutes drive to, to go anywhere. <laughs> and I had nobody like interested in online business there. I just starting, you, you, you can learn so much just reading a lot of books. Basically, what I learned the most from were at the beginning mindset books. I had to change a lot of my my internal thinking and mindsets that I got from my upbringing, probably. And I think you can start learning a lot and just see a spot opportunities better when they come, so so you can take advantage advantage of those. Great answer, well, Chris. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been great watching along with your journey from afar and also wonderful to actually connect with you and have a chat in person. It is funny that the first time we're chatting is actually on the podcast. So thanks again for coming on the show.